Good day and welcome to another episode of the International News Desk. Whether you are tuning in on snl24.com forward slash Sokoloduma, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Play, welcome to the show. I am, of course, your host, the one and only Sean Roberts. And of course, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. Kurt Buckfield. Goody, how are you? Shawnee, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, bud. I'm good. A lot to get through, I guess. Um, let's get right into it with the man of the hour, uh, Kylian Mbappe rejects Al-Hilal and to our, uh, what's the word, uh, happiness, because that, that would have thrown a curveball in world football, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, look, I don't think there are any surprises here yeah. um, as far as him rejecting Al-Hilal is concerned. It, it, it kind of always felt like a long shot from them. I guess that they were trying to take advantage of his situation at PSG. Yeah. And as we know, his situation is... PSG were trying to get rid of him before the 31st of July mm-hmm. um, because there are reports that um, from this month um, or maybe even the 1st of August, he was due his loyalty bonus. I'm not <laughs> sure how true that is. Um, I think I initially read that that loyalty bonus is due to be paid to him a little later mm-hmm. in the in the year. Um, but PSG are trying to get rid of him. Um, he's, he's you know, officially in the, the final 12 months of his contract, meaning that he holds all the cards currently. He can choose to leave PSG for free at the end of the season. Um, and now it's just sort of a waiting game, I guess, um, between himself and the club. Um, PSG obviously are furious with him. Mm-hmm. They, they, they would love to sell him. Um, and that's why they accepted Alilal's 300 million pound bid or 300 million, I think it was euros. Um, yeah, they were trying to get him off their books. Obviously, that was probably the most they would have been able to get from him. Mm. Um, no other team in, in, in the world would be putting that kind of money down. Um, but it was quite an interesting proposal because Alilal were willing to land him just for a year and then let him join Real Madrid for free. Um, in 2024, like he, he, he essentially has planned at the moment. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So why would he say no? Exactly. So I was about to say, so I, I kind of take my hat off to him for saying no. I guess it's a reputation thing, Sean. Mm-hmm. I don't think a player like Kylian Mbappe, who you know is, is widely considered right now, at least, as potentially the best player in the world, um, or the player who could become the best player in the world, mm-hmm. um, a future Ballon d'Or winner, a World Cup winner already, um, someone who scored a hat-trick in the most recent World Cup final. I don't think it would be a good look on him, you know, joining Al-Hilal at 24 years old, even if it was just for a season. Sure. I think that the the way that people perceive him from that point on would have changed. So, um, yeah, good on him. Obviously, I think we can both say, I mean, maybe people will agree that you would, have, you would have kind of understood if he actually took that deal. Sure. Um, because... You know, there's every chance that if he stays at PSG, um, they don't play him because they are so furious with him. Correct. Um, and that might hinder his progress or whatever it is. It might just affect his momentum. Um, you know, the momentum of his career it might really impact him. So you kind of, yeah, you would have understood him going there. For me, it seems like there's no way he would have taken these steps. And when I mean taking these steps you know, announced that he wasn't staying at PSG beyond his contract without an inkling, you know, without having spoken to Real Madrid, without the two tribes having been yeah. in contact. So yeah. it feels like something is still going to happen. Um, but I guess we just have to wait. Yeah, so so that's my next question, right? Um, 
in your mind, he, he's, they've definitely opened talks with Real Madrid, right? Yeah, I, I just don't think he would have taken those steps without informing Real Madrid. And yeah. I think that the longer it goes on, the longer this drags on, the, the better position Real Madrid are in. Because, you know, PSG, if, it, if we approach the end of the transfer window, can't be asking for 200 million or even 150 million for Mbappe. They might have to accept closer to, you know, 90, 100. Mm. Um, and maybe Real Madrid are waiting for that to happen. Um, and if they don't get him, you know, if, if PSG end up rejecting that bid, then all that's going to happen is Real Madrid get him for free next year anyway. Yeah. So they won't be desperate right now. Um, I think Real Madrid will probably be in the position like, well, if we get him, we get him, and that's fantastic. Um, but knowing full and well that they might just have to wait another year, which isn't really, you know, it's not a bad situation for no. them. Uh, yeah. It's not a bad position to be in. So I think the, the yeah, Real Madrid are in a very good position right now and they can wait. Um, like we talked about a few weeks ago, we will have to wait and see if PSG were serious about saying that Mbappe isn't bigger than the club. Mm. Um, because, you know, the season starts in a few weeks' time. Um, will he be left out? You know, we, we, we know he was left out of their preseason squad. He didn't travel with the team to Japan. So he's been treated very harshly over the last two weeks. Um, but if they can't get him off their books now, are they really going to go into the new season um, with Luis Enrique as their new manager without Mbappe, you know, playing any part? It just It seems like that's impossible. Um, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and just for the listeners, Curti, that loyalty bonus is north of what I've read, 65, 70 million euros, something crazy like that. It's a big chunk of money. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Um, well, not too upset for PSG because they do have a chance of re- replacing Mbappé, it seems, with Dembele if he's to join from Barcelona. I'm not too sure what the latest of that is. Apparently, something had to be triggered by the 31st or 1st of August. It is now not that date. Um, apparently, his asking price now doubles. Uh, Barcelona have said they'll be going to war with PSG if they were to sign him. What's the latest, Cody? Yeah, so actually, Sean, so there was that 50 million euro release cr- uh, clause in his contract, mm-hmm. um, which PSG were trying to activate before uh, the end of last month. That didn't happen, but the two clubs are still in talks. And I think it's a case of Barcelona needing the money. So they don't want to sell Dembele. Xavi loves Dembele and has mm. spoken very highly of him. He's, I think, compared him to Lionel Messi um, in terms of his impact and his ability. Um so they loved Dembele at Barcelona, but I think the money is so important for them that they are willing to continue negotiations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's still going to be around 50 million, by the way. Okay. Um, I read yesterday that there was this private clause in his contract, and I, I'm not really sure what the hell that means. It seems like there's new clauses in these players' contracts every other day. Yeah. Um, but there's a private clause that PSG and Barcelona are negotiating on. Um, I do think that Barcelona are very annoyed with PSG because they would love to keep Dembele. Mm -hmm. And if they were to sell a player for money, um, Dembele would have been the last player on that list, you know. There's a lot of high-profile players at Barcelona that could bring in, you know, significant fees. Dembele was one of the players they wanted to keep. He joined Barcelona in 2017 Mm. and has played 185 matches for the club. if you compare that to, and I know that this might be a random comparison, but Bruno Fernandes joined Manchester United in 2020 and has played 185 games. Wow. So he's missed a lot of football. Mm. Um, the club, you know, 
put in a lot of effort to get him fit again. Um, they 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 sorted out his diet. I think they they gave him a private chef for his his house in Barcelona, wow. so he can sort of maintain his fitness and eat healthily and be in the best shape possible. They were very patient with him, and for them, I I, I, I probably I think that they they see this as a bit of a stab in the back, mm. um, slap in the face, slap in the face, because at the end of the day, it's pretty clear that and um, Chabi's made this clear. He said that. Barcelona cannot compete with what PSG are offering him. Mm. So money seems to be the big motivation here. Um, but I personally see this as a back, backward step for Dembele. I think that his career over the last two seasons since, uh, since Xavi's arrival has been on an upward trajectory. And I just don't think that this is a move in the right direction. There was talk that Xavi was telling Dembele that you know he needs to be careful of not turning out like Neymar, who ended up, you know, regretting his move to PSG, which mm. has obviously been well documented. So they all feel very disappointed, but it will be bittersweet because they will be making a nice chunk of money, and that will help them, I think, in the long run. Yeah, there's just no loyalty in this game, um, and again, it's 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 a tough one, right? I do agree with you, Kurt. I think he should stay at Barcelona. Are they able though to? Well, I read that. Um, Dembele's agents has asked for six million euros more a year um, from Barcelona, which they're not prepared to do, and which all just cannot afford it, right? So um, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, and you can't blame him. It, it, I don't know. It's, it's it's weird. It is a weird one. It's complicated, and also, you know, it has to be said that Barcelona might have been anticipating something like this for that for there to have been that release clause in his contract in the first place. Yeah. Um, Dembele's contract, I think it was two years ago now expired at Barcelona um, and they handed him a new deal but it had to be on sort of decreased terms because of the club's financial position Mm -hmm. so there would have been you know there would have been some idea that this could happen at some point Um, otherwise that that clause would not have been there in the first place so I think Barcelona maybe extended his deal at the time saying look if we aren't able to get our club into a better financial position by this time, mm. then there is this clause that another club can activate for you to leave. Um, so yeah, they might have seen it coming. Um, yeah, it's a little, it's it's a weird one because I just don't see PSG doing anything this season necessarily in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like every every season really they win the the French league and they fire their coach because he didn't win the Champions League. Yeah, and I don't see that changing. I mean, Luis Enrique is a high profile manager, and I think they'll try and hang on to him as long as they can. Mm. But I don't see them competing in Europe, so I'm not really sure why Dembele would make this move. Barcelona have just won La Liga. Um, you know, they Xavi's a very good coach. Mm. Things are things are going well there in terms of the footballing project, and mm. it's just disappointing, I guess, to see such a good player, an important member of that team, look to leave. Um, you know purely because of money and that's what it seems like so yeah anyway it's his career you know he's free to do what he wants but uh it's it's disappointing yeah let's watch this one closely if it does happen that's that's to say Curti. um let's move on to a player who hasn't had the best 12 months in terms of his transition from liverpool to a much bigger team one would say and um it just hasn't worked out at Bayern Munich for Sonia Mane but he joins forces with Ronaldo in Saudi yeah another one that I'm slightly disappointed by though Correct. at least the deal right mm. it feels it's... to me like I, I was talking to a colleague in the office and I said you know he's 31 years old he could yeah. have gone to the Saudi league a bit later I think I think yeah. that there wouldn't have been a shortage of 
clubs interested in him. Um, he did he did seem forced out of, of Bayern Munich, which is, I think, pretty much what he was saying um, before his move was completed. He said he was very disappointed uh, disappointed to be leaving, mm-hmm. and he felt like he could have helped the team this season. So, you know, Mane was pushing to stay, Bayern were pushing him out, um, and as a result, he's landed up in Saudi Arabia. And I just feel like Mane could have still been a very, very uh, important player at another top European club, whether that was in Spain or whether that was back mm. in England. It, it feels weird to me, but look, he's, he's earning a lot of money um, mm-hmm. and he's, he's going to be playing with Cristiano Ronaldo, who I think is one of his idols. Mm. So maybe he felt like that was an opportunity he couldn't turn down. Um, but yeah, very. It's it's very surprising to see how badly he did at Bayern Munich and how, um, I guess, poorly he was thought of, you know, in the dressing room and by the club after mm. just one season. Yeah, it's it's a weird one, and a fee for around thirty million euros I've read as well, which is not like blow out the water, right? But sh- sh- you would have thought a, a United or I don't know would have easily paid that. Exactly. I mean, you you would have thought that. Yeah, I mean, so Bayern basically have made their money back on the transfer that they, yes. uh, the, or the money they spent on him when they signed him from Liverpool. Um, so for Bayern, it's a great deal, but it does feel it does feel a little strange. I mean, it seems like they were purely trying to get him off their books. I think he was one of their highest paid players, yeah, and he wasn't a, a sort of vital player, or at least crucial. Uh, yeah. Tuchel didn't think of him as one, and. After he was appointed, when he replaced Julian Nagelsmann, um, there was obviously that big blowout with Mane and Sane when Mane punched Sane after losing yeah. to, to Manchester City in the Champions League. And from that point, it, it looked like there was no coming back for him. Mm. And Mane was desperately trying to turn things around, um, but Bayern weren't going to give him the chance. And it, it kind of feels very harsh. Yeah. Um, but I guess if the manager doesn't see a place for, for Mane in his team, or at least in his strongest eleven. Then there is no point keeping a player who is one of the highest, uh, yeah, one of the highest paid players at the club. So, I guess it makes sense for them to get rid of him. But yeah, I feel like Mane still had a lot left in him in terms of playing in Europe, playing in the Champions League. Um, yeah, he's a great player, one of the the all time African greats. Absolutely. Um, and I just uh, I feel slightly underwhelmed by this. And tell me. Um... Are they, I haven't seen any news or reports about what his salary will be in Saudi. Oh, Shawnee. It's £650,000 a week. Just less than Jordan Henderson. Just less. So I think Jordan Henderson's deal, by the way, is actually going to be slightly smaller than that. That <laughs> baffles me. Yeah, yeah, but Mane will be earning that much. I think it amounts to 15 million rand a week. <laughs> 34 million uh, euros or, yeah, I think it's, yeah, no, pounds. 34 million pounds a year. Um yeah, it's a, it's a big, big contract for him. Oh, man, it baffles me, hey? It absolutely baffles me. Well, let's go back to some proper football, I guess. Um, and it's the Community Shield this weekend. I think it's on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the best team in the world against probably the 30th best team in the world. Um, City against Arsenal. Um, I guess the last time they met, it was that 4-1 victory over them, I think, which sort of saw us... Lee progged them and, and that was us to take the league, right? Um, yeah, the turning of the tide. That's it, that's it. Uh, I feel, uh, I hope it's the same sort of meeting uh, this Sunday. Um, we've Arsenal made some cool signings. I think they, they're in for a, a, a good league run again. 
Um, I do think City are going to run away with it, but having said that, this is going to be a crack of a game and, uh, and everyone's just been frothing for football, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, it feels crazy that this game is this this coming weekend, right? Yeah, it's mad. So I will miss it because I'm not sure I told you I'll be in Turkey on a boat, um, <laughs> but I'll miss the, the game. Um, but yeah, I think it's just more so, you know, more than the opportunity to win a trophy. I think it's about seeing where both teams are at this yeah. stage of the season. Yeah. Um, seeing how those new signings could impact the teams that they've joined and how they could potentially fit in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, the Community Shield, you know, it's never, you know, the, the the trophy that every manager dreams of winning. It doesn't really matter all that much. But, yes. of course, it, it could set a nice tone for the for the rest of the season or at least the start of the season. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure both Arteta and, and Guardiola will be wanting to win it. Um, and I think that both managers will see this as... Uh, well, both managers will be confident they can, yeah. um, especially at this point of the season. I think, was it Liverpool who beat City 3-1 in last year's Community Shield? Or was it City who beat Liverpool? I mean, you're the international news desk specialist and here you are questioning. Should we Google it? 2022 Community... I think it was Liverpool who won. 3-1, man. Uh, uh, Liverpool won 3-1, yeah. Yes, yeah. Anyway, so... You know, I've just said it could set the tone for for the start of the season. That's not yeah. necessarily what happened last season because Liverpool performed poorly and City went on to win it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not that important, but it's uh, it's great that football's back, or at least international football's back. I think South African football's back this week already, right? Uh, yes, this weekend. Yeah, yeah, this weekend. So um, it'll be a fun one. Sunday, five p.m. Um, Wembley Stadium. Let's Beautiful. go. But you'll be on a yacht. In I'll Germany. be on a yacht, so I won't know what's going on now. That, that's fine. I'll have to drop you a little message, uh, my friend. Um, just before we go on to seeking the socials, um, we have to mention Banyana Banyana, I guess. And uh, um, they've done us proud in a way. They, you know, they're going forward. It certainly shows they can keep up with the best in the world. Just defensively, there's some question marks. What's your feeling? Like you just mentioned now, defensively, there have been some questions. I think it's just... Yeah, some lapses in concentration, I guess. Mm. Maybe some poor discipline at the back. Yeah. Um, just silly goals to concede throughout yeah. the tournament. And, I mean, against Sweden, we took the lead. Yeah. Um, against Argentina, we had a 2-0 lead. So we've shown that going forward, we can make things happen. Um, but, yeah, just unfortunately a little too expensive um, going the other way. So Fingers crossed. Um, and we are, yeah, we, and we put our names down for the next World Cup, aren't we, in, in South Africa? Women's World Cup, that is. Um, so this is important that we do get a good result. This is my favorite part of the international news desk where our producer, Aidan Hewitt, uh, goes through the social media and asks me and Kurt Buckerfield a question off the cuff. Gentlemen, welcome back to Seeking the Socials. Uh, a few errors in leading up to that, but we'll let that one slide, Sean. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what Seeking the Socials is, it's basically a segment where I scour social media, finding the most interesting, topical, and controversial opinions relating to football. Some week I inform both Sean and Kurt of the topic, and I get their thoughts on it, and other times I allow them to choose a social media and in turn picking a topic. This week, quite a, a late entry into the planning of, uh, of Seeking the Socials, and it relates to Andre Onana screaming at Harry Maguire for an error. Now, 
it's not just on Instagram, it's on every single social media platform. The media are having a field day, uh, you know, talking down on Andre Anana, like how, how can he do that? He's just walked into the team. But then you look at how he was at Inter and he was screaming at other players. And it's not a matter of he's, you know, the, the new king of the crop, but he's just demanding the best from his defense and ultimately Harry Maguire, let alone any other player, hasn't had somebody like that with David De Gea. So what are your guys' thoughts on Andre Anana's antics of berating, if you will? Uh, Aiden, I, th- I think, look, don't take anything away from De Gea. He's also one to scream and shout, and I just think he just got fed up of screaming and shouting at Maguire towards the end. So, um, but yeah, Onana is world-class, and I, I think he's going to be the difference to Man United this year. I, I really do. I think United are going to come second after Man City, but uh, but yeah, he's um, it's it is it's who he is. Like you said, Aiden, I think Kurt may or may not agree with me, but it's exactly who he is. And just because he's just arrived, um, yes, he may need to stamp his authority. He may need to let his his front four or his back four know um, what he's about. He demands the best from a world class team. These are world class players, and he's a world class goalkeeper. So. It, I don't think Harry Maguire took it personally. It obviously, maybe could have happened a little bit more differently. But yes, he's just arrived. He needs to make his presence felt. Um, and he he's one who demands a lot. And we've seen that at Inter. Um, even towards the end of the Champions League final, you, you saw him consoling players. And, and, you know, that's just the type of player he is, even though he's so young. Um, but yeah, I don't think, obviously, this stupid English press just go to warn anything right they just need something but this is football man this is uh i don't think harry Maguire took it personally i don't i don't know what's happened post that to be honest but it's these guys are earning two three four hundred thousand pounds a week i'm sure they can take a little bit of a verbal abuse from their own and um kurt just before we hear your thoughts sean as a world-class goalkeeper yourself were you were you ever part of that crew that would demand the best of their their defenders and and if you did which way how would you approach that so I might be going off sides by saying this, but yes, that was probably the strongest part of my game was communication. Um, but again, South African players are, what's the word? They don't have thick skin. So you've got to be very, very careful in terms of how you approach certain players. And I got to know my defense very well. So I would speak to my players individually in a very different way. Um, there are some players that I could jump down and, and vice versa. I could take it as a goalkeeper. You need to take criticism. Yeah, but I, I think in South Africa, it's very different. Um, I've had to sort of tailor make my own approach to certain players. Um, I know who I could have come down on and who I couldn't. And there's various reasons behind that. Kurt, what are you feeling about Onana? Yeah, no, I, I was, I agree with Sean completely. And I think that what's happening is like, so you when you see this kind of reaction to whatever a player's done, just always look at the intention and where it's coming from. And then you can sort of see what the the agenda is, for lack of a better word. And I think that because of the way that De Gea was treated towards the end of his, his stay at, at Manchester United, certain sections of the media, um, you know, a lot of them support Manchester United. A lot of them who work in the industry will be massive fans and will have been a m- major fans of Manchester or De Gea in particular. Um, so every move that Andre Onana makes for the next year is going to be scrutinized. Um, he's come in for, you know, a big transfer fee, um, a big reputation. Um, he is the manager's signing. So Ten Hag prioritized him. 
Um, so this is now going to be an opportunity for for the media, um, for rival fans who work in the media um, to to basically jump down his throat at every mistake he makes. And I'm not saying that shouting at Maguire is a mistake, of course not. Um, but he will make mistakes and he will um, sometimes make an error that potentially leads to a goal or he will just make the headlines for the wrong reasons because of a, a fight with a teammate or whatever it is. And the media are going to jump down his throat. And that's just because he is an expensive goalkeeper who is daring with the ball. So it happened at City a few years ago where Joe Hart was kicked out, an English yeah. goalkeeper who had been at the, at the club for a long time. Claudio Bravo came in, made a few high-profile errors in his first... Do you remember that, Sean? I do, yeah. High-profile errors and was Pep Guardiola signing. And the media absolutely hated it because, I don't know if you remember, but their predictions were Pep's style is never going to work in England. It's absolutely never going to work. So they were looking for every reason for that to be the case. So every mistake that Claudio Bravo made, it was blown out of proportion and it was totally, it became totally ridiculous. And the same thing will happen with Anana. Um, Manchester United aren't typically this possession-based footballing side that Ten Hag wants us to become. We've, we've generally been a team that plays on the counter, free-flowing football where, you know, if we concede a few, we'll, at least in the past, always outscore the opponent. Um, so it's been based around this entertainment. So I think there's the sentiment that Onana's signing doesn't necessarily fit the profile of the club. Mm. Um, and therefore, like I've just said, every move he makes is going to be scrutinized. He's going to be criticized. When he makes his first mistake, it's going to be totally blown out of proportion. You're going to see sections of the media saying um, United are missing De Gea. It's, it's going to be totally ridiculous. And I think that this is just another example of that. So... I think it was Gabriel at Bonlahor, um on TalkSport talking about this. And he was criticizing Onana, saying he didn't like seeing the way he, he spoke to Maguire. That's just going to happen, Aiden. But mm. uh is an idiot. What does he know? Um, <laughs> Did you see uh, Bonlahor was like, you wouldn't see, like, why didn't Martinez get screamed at like that? He was on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> you see, and he's, he's, he's backing up an, uh, his, his English compatriot as well, Maguire, who he probably also feels has been unfairly treated like... It doesn't matter, you know. Um, these things happen and footballers should be able to handle that, especially when you're playing for arguably the biggest club in, in England and the biggest club in the world. Like, you've just got yeah. to handle that. So, yeah, um, be prepared for more of this. It's going to happen every week with an honour. It's definitely refreshing, though. Like, I, I do remember De Gea doing it yeah, once or twice, but that. not to the extent that that Onana was seen doing it. So hopefully he can he can get shit in order. And gentlemen, that is all for Seeking the Socials this week. We'll see you again soon. Kurt, enjoy Turkey. Look after those teeth in recovery. I heard it's quite a painful process. And uh, we'll, we'll catch up then. Thanks, Aidan. Thanks, Aidy. Uh, Kurti, I guess just to close off, we need to keep our eyes and ears open for the transfers we've spoken about. Anything else that I can touch on that I have forgotten? Or is that, are we good? No, no, I'm going to be in Turkey. <laughs> Yay! You idiots. And that is how we wrap up this episode of the International News Desk. So whether you have been listening on SNL24.com forward slash Soccer Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, thank you for tuning in. I, of course, have been Sean Roberts, Mr. Kurt Backerfield. Enjoy Turkey, my friend. Thanks, my friend. I will. And we'll see you in a few weeks' time. Cheers. Cheers.